Hello, Reach family. Pastor Heath here. Excited to be with you guys again. Excited to get into the Word again. Um, before we get started, I just want to remind all of our Reach CC at home family, we're home with you for the next three weeks. Uh, we're not able to be in our building. Uh, they're using it for voting, so we can't be in there on Sunday morning. So this Sunday, the 18th, next Sunday, the 25th, we're actually going to do a worship um, time worship service out on our property, which is on Old Fayetteville in Division Drive, the corner there, grass yard. You'll see flags and banners. Our service is going to start at 10. Love to have you guys out there. And then back on the 1st, uh, we'll be back at home together. The 25th is weather permitting. Stay connected to our social media. If you're already subscribed to our newsletter, you'll get updates on that if we have to postpone that by a week. But we're just excited um, to be together. Hopefully some of the community groups, some of the people are invited others to their home and they're worshiping together in their house this morning. So let's jump into the Word. Last week we were in Ephesians. This week we're in Philippians. And here's what I want you to hear. Your destination determines your direction. Let me say that again. Your destination, where you're going, determines your direction. Let me unpack that a little bit before we get started. By the time you're watching this video, the Cadells, that's me and my wife and my in-laws and children, I will be in Boone uh, for a little getaway. Excited to be there. Have you been to Boone? It's a great place. I may be a little partial, App State graduate, class of 99, met my beautiful bride there, Jody, our first year and a half of marriage, living in married housing there on campus. It is a great town. And to be honest, I love the mountains a whole lot more than I love the beach. And don't get bent out of shape. It shows how much I love this church and you guys because I'm here and not there. I'm there for a few days, but I'll be back. This is home. Let me get to the point. Boone was our destination, and that destination determined our direction. We had to get on the road and head west, specifically follow our GPS to the destination to get where we're going to go. And this week, Paul is going to tell you that your destination, your citizenship, should determine what you do, say, and how you live. This is going to be a great springboard off of what we talked about last week in Ephesians. Before we get into the Word, let's pray. Lord, give us vision for where you're calling us to, where our home is, where our eternity will be, and I pray that our vision for that would supersede what we do here. Our vision for that would determine how we live, what we invest our lives in, what we do from one day to the other, how we invest in relationships and going off last week, what we say and do. So Lord, let your word speak. Let the Paul, Paul's words to the Philippian church speak and encourage our heart to press on to where you've called us. Thank you for your words. Speak to our hearts this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. So let me give you a little, um, little bit about Philippians. 
So the church in Philippi began in Acts 16. You can check that out. And it was the first Jesus community in Eastern Europe. Philippi was a Roman colony filled with retired Roman soldiers, Roman citizens. When this was written, Paul was in prison. Thankfully, again, like we talked about last week, that Paul was in prison, so he had all this time to write letters to his church, which we now view and see as God communicating to us through His people. This letter was a response to a kindness. And that kindness was that the church of Philippi, which Paul started in Acts 16, knew that Paul was in prison, so they sent one of their people to Paul, who almost died during this visit, got so sick, nearly died. And he brought gifts and help for Paul while he's in prison. And this letter was a response to that kindness, writing to the church. There's four short chapters. The theme of the chapters is joy. Paul mentions it at least 16 times in these four chapters. And he also mentions Christ 50 times. Paul knew his destination. Paul knew what he was all about. And so we're going to pick this up in uh, midway through the first section in Philippians 3. And that section is entitled Righteousness Through Faith in Christ. We're going to jump in on chapter 3, verse 8. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowledge Christ Jesus my Lord. For His sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ. Paul is not speaking this from a high-rise apartment, from a nice palatial stay. He's in prison. And he's saying that it's worth his suffering. And this word rubbish literally is a Greek word that's slang for poop. Rubbish is very politely putting that, that he counts everything else as poop. It's garbage. Rubbish. In order that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith that I may know Him in the power of His resurrection and may share in His suffering, becoming like Him in His death, that by all means possible I may obtain the resurrection from the dead. Paul had a destination. And that destination was life with the Savior that he loved. He knew it. And that determined his direction, his mission, his reason for pressing on. Because if you haven't figured this out yet, when you hit roadblocks like Paul hit when he's being in prison because of his faith, we have to have a reason for pressing on. We have to have a reason for continuing to get up. A reason to continue to press forward. And then we go into this next section. This next section is entitled, Straining Towards the Goal, the Destination. 
And Paul starts this off after saying, you know, that he may have this, that he may, by all means possible, he may obtain the resurrection from the dead. And then in verse 12 he says, not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Paul wasn't taking this for granted. He wasn't cocky about his goodness or his own personal righteousness, which in one of the letters, he literally went through this list of how awesome he was. And he, he tells them in that list that this list means nothing. Paul wasn't interested in what he had done. He was interested in what Jesus was doing in him. That Jesus had made him, Paul, his own. And I love that he's saying that I've not already obtained this, that I'm not perfect. When I look at people, specifically in the New Testament, Paul is one of those that you could say he's pretty close to being perfect. I mean, he wasn't, of course. But I love Paul saying this to the church, like, hey guys, let's press on. I'm not sitting back. I'm not taking a break. I'm not on the sidelines, even though I'm in prison. At the beginning of this letter, it says literally the whole Roman guard has heard the name of Jesus because of Paul being imprisoned. He's saying it is for God's benefit that I'm here. In verse 13 it says, Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. You you cannot press on successfully while looking back. Try it after this service and do this at your own risk. Don't write me that you've been injured by something I've commanded you to do because I'm not. But if you, want to, if you want to see a personal, practical application of this, go out in your backyard. If your backyard's not long enough to get a good run in, go to your front yard. Turn your head back. Look as straight back as you can and take off running forward. Run forward as fast as you can to a point that you determined beforehand. And tell me how that goes. It's real difficult to press forward when you're looking back. It's real difficult to get where you're going when you don't have your eyes on the destination. Paul knows that focusing on your past failures or past successes will keep you from pressing on. And Paul had them. He was there cheering on as Stephen, one of the early disciples was stoned the first martyr he was approving of it he could use that as going i'm not good enough i I can't go on i I, I." he could use that past failure and enlist your past failures could stop you from moving forward and paul knew that we cannot look back at the things that we failed at things that have happened to us we need to receive healing and forgiveness and move forward But it's not just the bad things that we need to be careful not to fixate on or focus on. It's the good things too. Sometimes we can get so fixated on what was good before. Man, that was so great that we spend our time gazing back at what God did instead of looking forward to what God is going to do. Winston Churchill once said, success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Even when you obtain your goal, even when you get success, it's just like the Super Bowl champions. The day after that, they become last year's champions and they have to enter into again another season of 
proving who they are. That, that season is done and they can look back and go, look what I have, which is a great achievement, but it will not determine how they do in the future unless they look forward. Verse 14 says, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So what do you do? You press on to your destination, your upward call. You move forward. You know, this is what I'm going because even when there is failure and you're going to face some failures, you're going to face some roadblocks and determining where you're going, who has your back. If God is for us, who can be against us getting that stuff in you so that when you do fall on your face, when you do slip, when you do have some obstacle that comes your way, you go, look, look, look. I'm pressing forward to that upward call that God has called me in. 15, it says, let those of us who are mature think this way. So he's telling them, the mature should think this way. And if any, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Your spiritual maturity is seen in your pressing on towards the destination in spite of fill in the blank. And that's because you know your destination. You know where you're going. You know where that is. Verse 16. It says, Only let us hold true to what we have obtained. Brothers, join in imitating me and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. Follow the right examples. I I talk about this all the time. You've got to surround yourself by people that are also pressing forward to that destination. And you look for people that are successfully, not perfectly, successfully progressing towards the goal. And you follow their, their example. You follow those people and go, what are the best practices? Help me find people that are succeeding in marriage and succeeding in business that love Jesus and have put Jesus in their how-to and learn from them. And this is the adverse. So he's saying, hey, hold on to what is true. In verse 18 it says, For many of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. In tears, real tears, hurt for those that walk as enemies of Christ. In verse 19 it says, their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they, they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. Lots of these examples are out there. Most of the time, they are the loudest voice. They're what we see begging us, calling us to follow them to a destination that leads to, just like 19 says, the destruction. Their God is their belly. What they can put in it. And they glory in their shame. Verse 20. It says, but our citizenship is in heaven. 
And from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like His glorious body by the power that enables Him even to subject all things to Himself. Therefore, my brothers, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm thus in the Lord, my beloved. Stand firm. I didn't preach on it last week. Uh, Pastor Allen did about two months ago. You can go check it out. Great sermon on the armor of God. But every time there was something in that that I wanted to share a couple weeks ago, but I didn't want to um, give you a scripture that you've heard two months ago recently. But there was something in that, and I wrote it, highlighted it in mind. It says, stand firm. And when he was putting on this armor, when he was preparing for the battle, what... <laughs> What Paul was saying to him is, stand. Stand. Stand against the tidal wave that's calling you off of your destination, away from where God's calling you. Stand firm. And so what do we do with this? Here's one application that's a little bit further on in Philippians 4. Philippians 4. Verses 8 and 9. This is as he's wrapping up the letter. He says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me Practice these things and the God of peace will be with you. We've got to stay on point. I don't know if you've, if you use GPS. I surprisingly have a bad sense of direction. I love GPS. Love it. When we head to Boone, guess what I'm going to do with my phone? I'm going to plug it into GPS and I'm going to follow that thing to a T. Because I trust that it's going to lead me, lead me to the destination. What leads us to our de- destination is this right here. Think on and put in practice what we see in the Word. So I've got a couple of questions for you as we end our time in this. And I, I encourage you, What I try to do in these messages is to stir a hunger for more, not just for you to springboard, yes, Pastor, Pastor, he says this, and we need to do this, which is great, because sometimes I'm spot on and sometimes I'm not. But I want you to do is I want you to get hungry for what God is speaking to us in His Word. So here's a couple questions to stir that. What is your destination? Do you know where you're going? And that's a loaded question, I know. But if you don't know where you're going, you cannot go in the right direction. You, 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 you can't. Like if I just said we're going somewhere and I didn't put it in the GPS, if I didn't know where it was at, it would be very difficult for us to get there. 
But for children of God, God has called us this upward call to love Him, to be about His kingdom and about what He's doing and press on to that goal. What is your destination? What is your prize? What wakes you up in the morning? Because if it's not fixed on Jesus, everything else is temporal. Everything else is just something that goes in our belly, something that pleases us in the moment. Here's the next one. So you need to answer number one. What is your destination? The next one is, who are you following? Are you more interested in what Twitter and Instagram and people that are influencers are telling you about where you should be going, what you should be thinking, what should be next on the horizon, what you should be doing with your life? Or are you following people that, like Paul says, follow me as I follow Christ? Or do you have people in your life that are help leading you, moving distractions out of the way, telling, man, that's the world, where, where will that end? And if you're not following anybody, if you don't have people there, I encourage you, find people. Find a community of believers that are going in the right direction. None of them are going to be perfect. None of them are going to be Paul, which he isn't perfect. But there are people in this community that are striving just like you for the upward call of God to make their life about His business, to make their destination about Him. And here's the last thing I want to ask you. Where's Jesus telling you to get back up and press on? Where is that today? Where are you slacking spiritually? Where where are the gaps in your character? What are your shortcomings? In the last two weeks, why not? Why not? I keep on saying this. Where is God asking you, telling you, commanding you to confess and repent? Where? Acknowledging it won't change it. Acknowledging, oh, I have this issue, I have this issue, and knowing about it won't fix it. Presenting it, laying it at the feet of Jesus, asking for His help and then inviting others to help you walk that out is a great start to get back up and press on. Church, your community and your family need you to have a purpose greater than you. And that purpose is a kingdom that Jesus will come again and reign over. A people that will bow a knee willingly or unwillingly. I want us to be a people that are excited about that moment and so excited about that moment that we spend our life investing in others so they will also be excited about that moment. Church, Jesus didn't die on the cross so that we could have a comfortable, easy life, so that we could make it and get a ticket to heaven. Jesus died to give you the option to be in harmony with the Father. 
to know His heart, to have His purpose, to move in His kingdom, to see His glory and His will come. But we need to get up and press on and figure out if He's our destination, what direction do I need to head in? Let's pray. Jesus, awaken Your church, Your people. Paul is in prison not worried about his own well-being, excited to write this letter to this church. And he was in tears for those that were your enemies. Tears of sadness. Lord, I pray that you would break our heart for our community, that we would see our destination, know your love and affection, realize like Paul said that we have not obtained it, meaning we're not there yet, we're not finished and help us strive on. Help us find others that will help push us, encourage us to be the men and women that you desire and that you've designed us to be. Lord, open our eyes and our hearts. Soften us so that we can be pliable to your will and your purpose and your voice. Lord, let us see you move in this city, through faithful men and women that love you, choose you, surrender to you, set their destination on you. And let our actions and our attitudes and our behaviors be seen, be visible proof of where we're going, of who we are in you, who you are making us to be. And Lord, if there's those that are listening to this that aren't sure about you, Lord, I pray that you would open up the truth to them in your word, that you would pull them into your kingdom so that they would know you, love you, and experience you, experience the harmony that you've made available in your sacrifice, your atonement for our sins. Thank you, Father, for a righteousness that comes through faith in you. Jesus, we love you. We pray these things in your holy name. Amen. Church, thank you. I hope today is a good day for you. I hope you've got people around you um, that you're going to break some bread with and uh, encourage one another and love on one another. Uh, Church, until we see you again, we love you. And if you're up for an outdoor service and the weather is good... On the 25th, we'll be at our property and we'd love to see you there, 10 a.m. Till we see you next time, be blessed.